Welcome to Wisdom's Echo, Origin Gate's daily podcast. If you love Wisdom's Echo and want to invest in the lives of our speakers, head to patreon.com slash wisdoms echo, where for as little as $2 a month, you can help us deliver the same impactful content you enjoy. Hey y'all, thank you so much for joining us today on Wisdom's Echo. This is Parker Thomaston. As always, I am so honored and delighted to have this opportunity to share my heart with you. And today I want to talk about these new robes that I believe that Yahweh has prepared for you and I uh, to really just place upon ourselves. I think He does care what it looks like, um, which is (laughs) contrary to uh, something that I may have thought Uh, up until recently, but I want to talk to you about the significance about what we allow ourselves to be covered in. And and, uh, many of you have probably heard me share this before, but I want to uh, just share an encounter with you that I had um, as I was robing myself in a tallit several years ago. And I begin to ask Yahweh, like, what is the the importance of this tallit, this prayer shawl? And I had my my head covered, and and uh, I was just engaging in worship and prayer, seeking the face of the Father. And I heard Him ask me, "What what do you see?" And uh, I thought that I had to really over spiritualize uh, what it was that I had in my sight. And so I began to just talk about how I saw the seven spirits of the Lord and all of these colors and these angelic beings. And and whenever I got done sharing, like it, it was a lot more than that. I heard a silence on the other end, and I've I've learned um, <laughs> over the years that that when you hear that silence, it, it oftentimes means that we have an opportunity to try again, uh, a second attempt on that question. And so um, I just got really real with Yahweh, and when I heard Him ask me, "What do you see?" I just said, "You know, I see this talit essentially." And, um, and he said, that's a lot better. What do you think people see when they're looking at you? And, and I realized that it wasn't about the, um, maybe the implication of what this Talit represented, but rather what it actually, what people would see when they looked at me. And I said, well, they're going to they're gonna see this Talit. And Yahweh said, yes, this is a representation of me. And when you allow yourself to be covered in me, then everything that you see is seen through the lens of my goodness. And everything that people see about you is going to be through the lens of my goodness. And uh, oftentimes what we wear is uh, really uh, a proper representation of who we are and our identity, even um, several jobs and schools and and different occupations, they, they require you to wear a uniform uh, that, that allows you to be identified by who you are and what you do. And, um, and so I want to just share again how, how frequency has fabric. And, and in 2003, there was actually a study done on the frequencies of fabric. And according to this study, the human body has a signature frequency of 100. Typically, this would be measured in hertz. Um, but organic cotton is the same measurement of 100 hertz. But, but that measure of, of bleached cotton blend, it, it significantly decreases to only 40 hertz. And this study also showed that if the number is lower than 100 hertz, it actually puts a strain on the body. So a diseased, nearly dead person has a frequency of about 15 hertz. And, and this is where 
all of these fabrics like like polyester and rayon and and um, acrylic spandex and nylon they all measure about 15 to 0 hertz in in non-organic cotton even registers a signature frequency of about 70 hertz so however on the flip side of this if the fabric has a higher frequency it actually gives energy to the body this is where where linen comes in as actually a super fabric. Its frequency is about 5,000 hertz, and wool is also about 5,000 hertz. But it's funny because when you mix those two together, they actually cancel each other out and fall to zero. So uh, I, I'm just looking at this, and the reason for this could be that the energy field of wool flows from left to right, while that of linen flows in the opposite direction from right to left. And so when these frequencies are, are in um, um, alternative positions, then they can actually cancel each other out. And I was reminded um, of this, that, that as we put on these garments, um, that, that Yahweh is jealous over what we look like and what you and I wear. Um, I want to read a, a parable found in Matthew 22. Um, this is verses 1 through 14, and I'll kind of run through this pretty quickly because there's something significant that I want to share with you today that I hope is an encouragement to you to allow yourself to just simply shed all of these coverings that we've allowed to improperly identify who we are. And, and I pray that you see the jealous, loving heart of our Father that Yahweh desires for you and I to be seen rightly and identified rightly. So in Matthew 22, verse 1, it says this, that Yeshua spoke to them in parables again, saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused to come. And then he sent some more servants and said, tell them who have been invited that I've prepared my dinner, my oxen and fatted calf have been butchered, everything is ready, come to the wedding banquet. But they paid no attention and they went off, one to his field, another to his own business. The rest seized his servants. He mistreated them and killed them and the king was enraged. So he sent his army and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to the servants, the wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited did not deserve to come. So go into the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you could find. So the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find, the bad as well as the good, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. But the king came in to see the guest, and he noticed a man who was not wearing wedding clothes, and he asked, how did you get in here without wedding clothes, friend? The man was speechless. So then the king told the attendants, tie him hand and foot, throw him outside into the darkness, and there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for many are invited, but few are chosen. And, and this is, is fascinating to me, because in this story, the king prepared a wedding feast for, for really the son and his bride. And when they invite the guests, they see that the guests are preoccupied with their own business and they're unable to attend. And unfortunately, this is a poor yet accurate representation of the modern church, that many people are still so caught up with the business of their own lives that we miss an invitation to feast at the table. 
And this is part of the reason why our position is so much more valuable than our production. So rather than the ones who were qualified to attend the wedding banquet, an invitation was extended to the ones who were willing. And, and this, friends, is a just an encouragement of the gospel of the love of Yahweh. The, the part, though, that I had always been confused about was simply the fact that, that a man who was not dressed appropriately to a wedding feast that he had been spontaneously invited to was then cast out into outer darkness where there was weeping and gnashing of teeth. And, and during this time, what you would wear was a confirmation of how you were identified. And, and I remember hearing a teaching on this years ago, and, and it wasn't that the man was out of possession of the proper garments, but the fact that he was unwilling to put them on. And, and you see, in this culture, it was the responsibility of the bride's father to cover the expenses of the feast, but it was the responsibility of the groom's father to provide the bride's father to prepare the feast, the groom's father, it was his responsibility to provide the wedding garments. And, and I want to remind you today that once you arrive to the party, to, to this party, if you will, you don't have to make sure that you're wearing the right thing because I can assure you that you aren't. I can assure you that I'm not. But you do have to position yourself in a posture of willingness to remove every false identity that doesn't fit any longer and wear these robes of righteousness that have been prepared for you. And I, I see too often that there are some who are too busy to show up, some who are, are far too important to celebrate, and then there might be a few who are unwilling to take off garments that don't fit in order to put on the ones that do. And, and this is kind of tricky because what happens when we recognize that, that um, the abundance that Yahweh has prepared for us and the lack that we remain in possession of cannot exist within the same space. They cannot exist simultaneously. And so you have to allow your hands to become empty at some point in order to be able to pick up what Yahweh has actually prepared for you and I to possess. And, and I know this isn't new to you, but I want it to be an encouragement because what I see happening is that, unfortunately, a lot of us may, number one, be too busy because, because we're, we're so, so determined that we're going to do something to advance the kingdom. And so oftentimes when we feel like we've been called to a position of rest, it almost feels like we're doing the wrong thing to slow down the pace and allow ourselves to be able to celebrate and enjoy the feast. But, but I'm telling you that it's necessary. Surely if goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, that word follow is actually a Hebrew word that means to pursue aggressively. It means to actively chase or to hunt. So if goodness and mercy are actively pursuing you and I, then the only way that we will allow them an opportunity to catch up is when you and I are seated in rest. It's when you and I allow ourselves to be able to trust in Yahweh's goodness, when we allow ourselves to, to give place to His Word in our lives and say, my goodness, your Word is enough. 
Like we don't have to actually make this thing happen. We just have to remain in position and be willing to be able to hear your voice. And this willingness is what qualifies us to remain at the celebration, at the, 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 the feast, at the, at the table, even if you will. And so, so when we get to this place, we have to understand that what Yahweh is doing essentially is he's calling us from being a traveler to the table. And it is time for you and I to take part in this feast. So don't, don't be discouraged if it feels like you're exposed because that's what happens in between the process of taking off garments that don't identify us rightly and putting on the ones that do. You see, every guest that was invited to the wedding feast was, was given a seat at the table, right? And, but, but their, their, their seat was predetermined on their willingness to be able to put on the proper garments. And I believe that what's happening here is that Yahweh is allowing you and I to put on the proper garments. He's allowing you and I a space to be rightfully identified to where we may not have been the ones who were qualified to, to be a part of the wedding, but my goodness, we are the ones who ended up at the table. And, and when we allow ourselves to be exposed and our hearts to be opened up, this is a beautiful place where Yahweh can actually reform. It, it's when you and I become clay in the hands of a potter. We become clay in the hands of a craftsman who is jealous for you and, and jealous for your opportunity to, to be able to be transformed or transfigured even into the righteousness of God. And so I want to read this verse with you in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. And it says this, The days of window shopping are over. In him every face is unveiled, in gazing with wonder at the blueprint likeness of God. Displayed in human form, we suddenly realize that we are looking at ourselves. Every feature of his image is mirrored in us. And this is the most radical transformation engineered by the Spirit of the Lord where we are led from an inferior mindset to the revealed endorsement of our authentic identity. Now, now this verse sounds a lot like us being in agreement with what Yahweh says about us. And I want to encourage you this week to do something pretty outrageous. And that is to see yourself the way the Father sees you. What you need is already within you. It just simply needs to be brought forth. There, there is a difference between transformation and transfiguration. To be transformed means to become thoroughly different, and to be transfigured means to be elevated or to become thoroughly more beautiful. So in essence, you don't need to become thoroughly different. You've been invited to become thoroughly more beautiful. And I want to encourage you by saying that, that everything that you have need of is already within you. It just needs to be brought forth. We're not in a process of transformation where we're moving from one lesser being to one greater being. You and I are in a transfigurative process of simply allowing the light to reveal who we've been all along. So family, we thank you for your engagement. I hope this has encouraged you today to just carry yourself with confidence of who Yahweh has created for you to be and allow that original intention to come forth. Thank you for partnering with us. Thank you for your engagement. And I look forward to the next time we can do this together.